Welcome to Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Encounter brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch into the lives of extraordinary mission. My name is Dan Dimite, and I'm joined here in studio with my brother in Christ, Patrick Rice. Hey, Dan. What is up, Patrick? I'm so excited. Yeah, today we have Pure Fire. Uh, we have a great friend of ours, David, coming on the show. He he has uh, just been an amazing missionary for the Lord, just doing power evangelization, uh, not only in the United States, but in Canada and Italy. We're well, going to well, How is evangelization supposed to be? It's always supposed to be powerful. Yeah! <laughs> so, but you're going to hear just great stories of signs and wonders happening, not just in the past, but in our, in our present today, that, that uh, the Lord is using David in amazing ways to bring about his kingdom here and now. Patrick, can you open us in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you, we praise you, that you came to bring heaven to earth in love and power, that you modeled a way for us to proclaim and demonstrate the kingdom, that the the Spirit of God that dwelled in you dwells in us right now. It rose you from the dead, and it's going to raise our nation from the dead in Jesus' name. So, Lord, we pray for a special grace, the power of the Holy Spirit that convicts hearts, that leads us to righteousness, and deposes the ruler Satan of the world so that we may reign and bring your kingdom. We thank you, God, for everything you're going to do in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your grace, your power, for giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that we would be obedient servants, that we would do whatever you ask us to do, that we would uh, hear your voice and follow through on your commands, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would give us the strength and the courage uh, to act boldly and to no longer run away, Lord, when you're inviting us to power evangelization. Lord, I pray that you would uh, fill us up right now, Right now, Lord, fill all of your listeners with boldness and courage, with a newfound uh, just breakthrough over all fear in our lives. Fear be gone in the name of Jesus. We pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. All right. Patrick, just uh, David's story is so beautiful. He just has this beautiful um, conversion story where Our Lady just led him uh, to to the the power and the glory of Jesus Christ, and then uh, Our Lady has just kind of been this um, this leader in his faith journey all through his life, and, and inviting him to do the works of Jesus every day of his life. So, could you just share with us kind of how? Um, Our Lady partners with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it's really important. I mean, um, I love what God is doing right now. He's He's uniting the church. He's uniting the body of Christ. And one of the, the big stumbling blocks that we found as we're pursuing unity with our brothers and sisters is that like Mary, this like devotion, this honor that we have to Our Lady, it almost comes off as a competition between Mary and and Jesus or Mary and the Holy Spirit. Like, why do we need Mary? Uh, what's her role? And and I, I just want to say right now, I know we have a lot of non-Catholic listeners on our show, but I just want to be very clear. Mary is not in competition with Holy Spirit. Hmm. They're not in competition at all. In fact, Mary uh, helps us to a greater union with Holy Spirit. And I, I want to start off by, by answering your question, Dan, by uh, with a quote from Pope John Paul II, okay? And he said this, he said, In the church and for the church, mindful of Jesus' promise, Mary waits for Pentecost and implores a multiplicity of gifts for everyone in accordance with each one's personality and mission. In every age, Mary's powerful intercession obtains for the church an ever-fresh outpouring of the enlightening and strengthening gifts of the Holy Spirit. Wow. End quote. So really quick, we have to remember that when Jesus, before he ascended, he said, go and wait, 
wait and pray. And what do they do? They waited and they prayed in the upper room. And who was there? It was all the apostles and Mary together in that place. And we, ha- we almost forget that when we're praying for, for outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there's that, that wait and pray. And what did she do? She, wait and she waited and she prayed for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, from her intercession at that moment, she doesn't stop praying for all of the church to have the gifts that he wants to give us so that we can complete our mission, okay? And that's what Pope John Paul II is tying the gifts to, to mission. And I love that David's going to be sharing that these gifts aren't just fireworks that everyone can, you know, go, whoa, yay, (laughs) and then walk away and go back home to their carnal, you know, false Christian lives, but they're actually to lead us into an invitation of that, that very life that is in us to be upon the world around us. So that's really key right there. And also, I think that um, Mary actually, God God uses Mary. He's used Mary to uh, demonstrate what a spirit-filled life looks like from the beginning. And so if you go back, like before Pentecost, we have this, this story from Luke chapter 1. Okay, that's the prima part of the gospel, chapter 1. And the uh, when, when Gabriel came to Mary, he said, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of David his father. And he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. So that overshadowing of the Holy Spirit is the first like outpouring of the Holy Spirit that anyone had. And so I think it's awesome. Like uh, listeners, do you want to be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit? I know I do. Yeah. I mean, and so that, that's the invitation. It's, I I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to, to walk into that. Mary, can you please pray that this, this person, the Holy Spirit, uh, who, who made Jesus present in you became, who's, who was your mystical spouse. I want to Jesus to be birthed in my life in a greater way. I want to be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. And so that's, I think, it's not a conflict. It's an invitation. It's not, do I want Mary to lead me or Jesus or the Holy Spirit to lead me? It's Holy Spirit. And Mary can have an awesome intercession. And I love that we have someone in our studio right now, Dan, that has lived a life that can witness to that. Yeah, and Mary is almost like the the model of receptivity to the the charisms of the Holy Spirit and to the person of the Holy Spirit, right? Like that she perfectly receives them with, with such humility saying, let it be done unto me according to thy word, right? That it wasn't Mary surrendered her own agenda to the Father's agenda. And as, as a result, the Holy Spirit was able... Uh, to, to overshadow her. And and isn't that the surrender the, yeah. of our faith, that we need to surrender our agenda to the to the Father's agenda? Yeah. and that's the key, that she is the prototype of the Spirit-filled Christian life. Exactly. Does it make sense that Mary should have uh, conceived a son in her womb? No, like not, no not in a natural sense. <laughs> yeah, not, not that, at all. Right? Like, she said she had no relations with the man. She was out of wedlock. There was all of this, like, uh, for... for for all of her natural reasoning, it would have been like, whoa, whoa, God, this is a bad idea. But she surrendered to the will of God. And she, she almost, um, in a sense, she, she, she just fell into trust. And, and, uh, and the Holy Spirit was able to move powerfully when she had trust. And, uh, and I think that's, listeners, I think that's one thing that the Lord's inviting you to today, that you're going to be inspired through David's witness uh, of his just, his boldness, but his, his also just his deep humility of trusting that God 
is who he says he is, and he is going to fulfill his promises. And Our Lady just, she just trusted, even though it didn't make sense in, in her natural reason, she trusted that God was a good father who was going to fulfill his promises in her life. And that's what we're about. And then we see Patrick, Our Lady, um, actually at the, the heart of the first miracle uh, in Jesus's life, yeah. right? We're at the, at the wedding feast, wedding of, feast Cana. of Cana. And uh, so, so Mary's receptivity of the Holy Spirit um, she brings that receptivity into this secular environment at a normal wedding ceremony, right, where she's gathered with family and friends. And uh, she doesn't just take the Holy Spirit and, you know, like keep keep uh, the power um, of God in her own family or in the synagogue. She, she actually brings the presence of God wherever she goes at this simple wedding ceremony, right? With, with family and friends. I think sometimes we're most afraid to evangelize to our family and friends, aren't we? Like mm-hmm. there's the deepest need and the deepest, um, we see the, the needs around us so often with our family and friends, but we're afraid to speak God's power there. But that wasn't the case with Our Lady. She actually, instead, she spoke boldly. So what's the situation the wedding feast, right? They, they run out of wine. Yeah, and, they need more alcohol. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man, it was, this was the, pre- like the, the foreshadowing, a prototype of a future Catholic <laughs> yes. right now. Uh, and, and so, Sorry, Protestant yeah, listeners. No, okay, um, but uh, so, so she's there, and they, they're like, oh, we need more wine. And that's where she goes up to Jesus, and she says, they They've run out of wine. It says she sees the need and she she brings it to Christ. And and that is what we're called to do as disciples, to see the needs around us and to bring them to Christ. What you're going to hear in David's power evangelization stories is that when he sees a need, he doesn't just say, oh man, I'm sorry that you're suffering right now. He takes that need and he presents it to Jesus. And when you present the needs of others to Christ, what does Jesus do? He fulfills he the fulfills need, it. right? Isn't that amazing? And so when we see someone broken and hurting, are we presenting their needs to Christ? When we see someone in need of healing, are we presenting their needs to Christ? Um, and that's what Our Lady does. She just takes the need. She sees it first and foremost. So she's outside of herself. She's looking and looking and surveying the scene. What's the need? And then she brings it to Jesus. And what does Jesus do, Patrick? Oh, he brings heaven to earth. <laughs> he brings heaven to There's earth. There's no lack in heaven. Right? Yeah. I, I love Our Lady. Initially, Jesus, he says, uh, woman, what does this have to do with me? Right? Uh, but Mary's boldness uh, initiates Jesus's activity, right? It, it initiates Jesus's action and um, and his miracles. And so Our Lady says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And I, I think this is almost the... Um, the motto of Christianity. <laughs> if I am a, a, a follower of Christ, I am to do whatever he tells me. And, uh, and sometimes, like um, at the Annunciation, sometimes Jesus says some crazy things. <laughs> He's like, hey, like the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you and you're going to conceive, right? And, and, uh, but we want to do whatever he tells us. And, and when, we're, when we're ministering to people, when we're, in, when we're seeing people's needs, we want to, whatever he's telling us to do, we want to follow his word. And so are we listening to the voice of Jesus? Are we seeing the needs around us? And then are we acting on those needs? And when when the servants do what Jesus tells him them to do, what happens? Yeah, like uh, miracles. Miracles. Yeah. And so if we want to see signs and wonders, and this is the amazing thing. This was the first, this is the, the first miracle in the gospel of John, right? It was the first sign that the kingdom of God was at hand. And, um, 
And when we see the needs of others, we respond by bringing those needs to Jesus, and then we boldly do whatever Jesus tells us to do, we're going to see miracles. And and that's exactly what we see in David's life and in his ministry. And that's what God wants for everyone, right? Uh, Patrick, do you want to just share a story real quick about like when you heard the Lord telling you something crazy and you did it and and God brought kingdom the kingdom down to earth? Absolutely. I mean, it wasn't too long ago. I was... uh... I was at um, Johnson's Ice Cream. It's this Bexley uh, uh, local ice cream local parlor. Ice cream. Mm, Come to good. Columbus, yeah. you know, you do need a pilgrimage, and then you know, get, get some refreshment <laughs> at Johnson's. And there was a woman that came in uh, on a walker, and she was by herself, and she was ordering a banana split. All right, I don't know about you, but it, it looked like the idea of her with a walker trying to carry a banana split to her table, it broke my heart. Mm. I know. Um, so, like, I remember, like, I know that in heaven there's no walkers. Right. Yeah. And I know that like she's by herself and, and I'm feeling this like pain and I'm just like, oh my gosh. So I, she ordered and she was looking around like for a friend or something that wasn't there yet. And so I, I, I went up to her and I said, hey, can I help you bring this to your table? And I initiated an encounter. And then, you know, I invited her. I said, do you have anyone to sit with? And she says, no, I'm just by myself. And so I invited her to sit with my family. And my, my dad was there. He's a deacon and my, my family, my kids. And I, I, you know, I ended up just kind of getting to the point. I said, hey, um, Martha, I, I'm just going to call her Martha. Um, you know, I, this might sound weird, but I'm from a church that, that prays for people and Jesus shows up and like heals and you look like you're in pain. Are you in like physical pain right now? And she starts to describe the issue and her inability to walk and the swelling that was there. And I just pray with my kids. You know, we made it a family affair. And as we prayed, the swelling went down. She was able to move her leg all mm. the way back, which prevented her from walking. And she was able to walk at that place right there. Praise, Brad. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. And it was just totally normal. And, yeah. uh, and it was just like, oh, there's a need. We pray to Jesus, and he loves to come and move because we have faith. And what did Jesus do? He, he made uh, water into new wine. It was new wine. And mm. what, what was Pentecost? It was new wine being poured out. You know, they thought, are, are these people drunk? No, they're filled with new wine. Yeah. And when we get filled with the new wine of the Holy Spirit, we can move in that same faith, bringing heaven to earth. Amen. Amen. We're, we're going to hear just an incredible testimony right when we come back. You're listening to Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. When we get back, you're going to hear a life-changing encounter. So stay tuned. CNA, the online service from EWTN News, is the only Catholic news source that's fast, reliable, and free with blogs, stories, opinions, and analysis, all at your fingertips. For the latest Catholic news, visit catholicnewsagency.com. When you deal with God, get out of the way. The incomparable Mother Angelica. She broke the mold of Catholic teaching with her one-of-a-kind perspective. From her spunky spiritual growth talks to her eye-opening scripture study. A nun like none other. I intend to scare hell out of you. She was the one, the only, the non-forgettable Mother Angelica. Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio and Television. Father Benedict Groeschel. No Catholic can support abortion, and that Catholics are responsible to take serious action against legalized abortion. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. 
Welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them in the lives of extraordinary mission. My name is Dan Dimite, and I'm joined here in studio with my brother in Christ, Patrick Rice. Hey, brother. And we have David Messina in studio. Yay! What's up, David? Hey, what's up? So, so David is a 29-year-old, uh, You re- born and raised in Canada, right? Yeah, little yeah. Canada. We love you, Canada. Um, and... Uh, He's just been doing power evangelization with his life. God is, he's partnered with the Holy Spirit in and through the Blessed Mother, and he's just like living life in Christ so beautifully. So we're so excited to have you uh, with us in studio. David, could you share just a little bit um, about what life was like for you growing up and how the Lord just conquered your, your heart? Yeah, sure. So yeah, I grew up in Toronto, Ontario. I was baptized Catholic, but I grew up in a pretty nominally Catholic household. So, I mean, my parents are totally awesome but i think they just slipped through the cracks of catechesis and really like encounter with jesus so family prayer we didn't really grow up doing that i mean we would go to mass sometimes and i was really blessed because uh my dad's sister my aunt she lived at home with us and she was like she was definitely a prayer warrior and uh yeah i i know that i wouldn't be where i am today if it wasn't for her example and her prayers but yeah growing up uh we just didn't really pray didn't really practice and so um you know how it goes when there's a void of god in your life the world just floods in and mm-hmm. then so i can look back and i can look back to like 5th grade and see that i was already pretty off track and um so that just kind of continued i just took on a lot of wrong role models and i just started idolizing a very worldly life um and so in high school did a lot of partying um just had a lot of sin and addiction in my life but uh thanks be to god i had a really awesome high school teacher in my junior year and um were you at a catholic school or a public school i was yeah so i grew up going to catholic school um but uh it's it's hit or miss right so you really you need to have like a teacher that's just on fire with the faith to actually have that communicated to you and um what happened was i was uh yeah in my junior year and i had this teacher who whose sister was actually a poor Claire nun in like the mother house in Assisi. Wow, and he used sweet. to send like the list of his students to his sister and like the her her nuns and they would just pray for the conversion <laughs> of now his crazy students. And um I just remember receiving a, a real special grace from the Holy Spirit during that class where I just realized I wanted to be happy and I knew that living my Catholic faith would produce the happiest life. Mm. And so I just started trying to do that. And I mean, I just started with like, okay, like I want to like follow the commandments. And I quickly realized that I, I couldn't do that on my own. And to the point where I kind of thought it was impossible to even keep the commandments for like one day. Um, so there was just, um, I just did a lot of falling on my face. Um, but there were, there were two like really key moments. One was my mom, uh, found out about a militia of the Immaculata retreat that was happening in my area. And so the militia of the Immaculata, it's a movement founded by St. Maximilian Colby. 
spreads consecration uh, to Our Lady. And um, anyways, I just I went on that retreat because I was open to it. And I just had a lot of firsts. Uh, the first thing was I like I knew that I needed to go to confession. Um, and, you know, they had confession like one of the first days. And I remember just like making a really like sincere, honest and good confession. And I remember um, we were in such a good environment that I just like had no opportunity to sin. <laughs> so uh, mass followed shortly after that. And I remember... Um, for the first time in my life, receiving Jesus, knowing that it was Jesus, and knowing that I was in a place to receive him. Mm. And I remember just like this, this thought just uh, kept on like playing. Like it would, it was, oh my goodness, I just received Jesus. And then it was like a tape and it would like rewind. And I'm like, I just received Jesus. And it just like kept on going. And I just experienced so much like joy and uh just love in in that moment um and also on that retreat made my consecration to our lady um i didn't really know too much of like the theology behind this but all i knew was that our lady was our mother she loves me uh she desires my happiness more than i do Jesus never refuses her anything, and the devil hates her. <laughs> and so, like, <laughs> just, good just with that list of things, I remember uh, making my consecration to her, right? And it's like, you know, we're, we're giving ourselves to Jesus through her. But um, I also remember that we, we gave, we, like, wrote, like, a letter to Our Lady during that retreat. And I remember, like, just giving her, like, a laundry list mm. of all of the sins that needed to get cut out of my life, just... All, all of the things that needed uh, fixing. And um, I remember getting that letter back uh, six months later. They, they, you know, like we we addressed it to ourselves and they, the group sent it back to us. And I remember like opening that up and just bawling mm. because every single grace that I asked Our Lady for, she obtained and in a degree that I didn't even know was possible so what ended up actually like happening, so I kind of like fast forwarded there, but I had this awesome encounter on this retreat, but I went home and I was just like back in my old environment and I just like fell back into like all my old sins, all my old filth. Um, it was like a dog like returning to his vomit, you know, yeah. it's just... Um, I bet a lot of people listening can identify with that. Maybe like you've done that or your, your kids have done that. You know, mm -hmm. they go to a Steubenville conference or some kind of a retreat and they have this amazing encounter with the person of Jesus. And then all of a sudden they go back into their, their past life, the dog yeah. re returning to it. It's vomit. So how do, our, how did the Lord and how did our lady take you out of that? Yeah. So like they, I, I wasn't in it for, for too much uh, longer. It was just like a few months. And I remember, so that was like during the summer going into my senior year. And then um, like early on in my senior year, I remember coming home one day from school and then this thought popped into my head and it was, I think I want to pray the rosary. And I'd never prayed the rosary on my own before in my entire life. So I just started walking around my house. I found a like plastic blue rosary. I found a pamphlet on how to pray it. And I found this beautiful image of Our Lady. And then I went down into my room. I was like living in the basement at the time because like as a high schooler, I just wanted to be as far away from my parents as possible. Um, but I remember just like 
getting on my knees and uh, praying this rosary and like just like a few Hail Marys in, I knew that I wasn't alone in my basement room mm. and that uh, Jesus and Mary were right there and I felt like they were just holding me in their love. And then all I could do was just weep. I just wept and wept. I was just like so overwhelmed by their love. I felt like they were just like welcoming me home. And um, yeah, it, it's just it's just really funny because I like had like this consciousness of like, you know, they had like every right to just like shake their finger at me and like tell me what a wretched child I've been. But instead, they just they just like held me in their love. And I remember during that uh, rosary, I also like had this like revelation or realization that um, like the sins that I was committing before, they was just like, I, like, I'm trying to cut these things out of my life and I know that like I shouldn't be doing them. And they were just like rules that I kept on like messing up and breaking. And I really realized that um, my sins crucified our Lord and that I just... I just owned that. Like I knew that I was responsible for our Lord's crucifixion. And it was like, so I had like these like tears of contrition, but it was just like the sweetest contrition because it was, it was accompanied with so much love. And I remember uh, like going to bed like shortly after that and waking up the next morning and literally everything was different. Like, um, Oh, it was funny because like the first thing that I realized was I was like, I was, uh, I like, I, I smoked a lot and we just have like, you know, your routine. So you wake up, you have your morning smoke. And I like that morning I realized like, oh, I'm not addicted to cigarettes anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like as the day went on, I realized that all the other typical things that I would be doing that was like just cutting me off from the life of God and just uh, causing so much darkness and sadness to to come over my life. I just had no desire for them anymore. God just completely uh, took those off of my radar. Oh, wow. And um, can you just pray real quick, David, for any of our listeners who are struggling with addictions that they would be set free from mm. those? Yeah, Father, in the name of Jesus, mm. I just break and rebuke all addiction, spirit of addiction, in the name of Jesus, leave right now. Yes, Lord Jesus. Come Father, just spirit. release freedom upon our listeners right now. Father, uh, just give us the uh, that experience and uh, just the, the glorious freedom of the children of God. We are your children, and we are not meant to be slaves. We are not meant to be bound in any way. And so, Father, just release freedom uh, unfetter the captives in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I pray that what you did in David's life, you can do in other people's lives right now. Come Holy Spirit, you, uh, breaking addictions is possible. I just declare that this is possible. You have accomplished it in one man's life. You can accomplish it in others' lives, Lord. So I just pray that you would prove your glory, Lord, and bring your freedom. Jesus, you have come to set the free, the captives free. Do what you have come to do. Thank you, Jesus. God. Amen. 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 Wow. Yeah. Thank so, you God. so, wow. I just thank you, Jesus, for accomplishing that work in, in, in David's life. And so you, you, you were experiencing these, uh, these habitual actions in your life and you're, you're experiencing a freedom and even a distaste for them. Um, what, yeah. what happens next? Yeah. So it was, it was crazy because it was just like, 
all of these these like major sins just like got pulled out of my life and then God just like flooded so much joy into my life that I was just like beside myself like I couldn't believe how happy and how joyful like one could actually be and um yeah <laughs> awesome. so i was just like just just living on a cloud and um really like at the same time um i was just drawn more and more to prayer so like before i was just like i was the one doing the keg stands and like just going crazy at the party what's a keg stand <laughs> maybe uh, <laughs> i actually don't know but <laughs> yeah we'll just leave we'll keep that. going yeah um, edit that day but uh <laughs> Yeah, and then now I just, like, wanted to just spend my Friday nights before the Blessed Sacrament in adoration. And, like, yeah, like, that week, like, um, you know, I, I remember, like, getting to confession. And then, like, really quickly, like, daily Mass just became, like, a daily necessity. And I, like, remember just, like, I used to just, like, count down the hours before I could receive Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament again. Because that was just, like... I mean, it, it it was and it still is like heaven on earth. Like I cannot comprehend um, just how intimate and how close God uh, brings Himself to us. And uh, yeah, so really, it's just like God just unleashed um, just an incredible intimacy and in prayer in my life. And then, like, really, it was kind of crazy because, like, within a month, I was just like. This is so amazing. Like, I just want to give my entire life to God. I just want to spend my entire life uh, bringing people, as many people as possible, into uh, meeting uh, this God who loves us so, so much and who just gives us so much joy and peace and life. And uh, so I was just like very like, uh, almost like naturally, but um, I was just like, yeah, I, th- I think I want to be a priest. And like, <laughs> uh, it was like, it was weird because I was like, I didn't really tell anyone though, because, you know, everyone knew who I was in my high school like a month ago. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, I'm just going to keep on praying and then <laughs> we'll see how this continues to unfold. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, um, it really, it reminds me of, um, what one of the leaders at this retreat that I went to, like, uh, that militia of the Immaculata retreat that I went to, like she said, when you consecrate yourself to Our Lady, hold on to her mantle because she's going to take you for the ride of your life. Yeah, and oh, yeah. it's just been like nothing but mm. an incredible, crazy adventure ever since. And like, I wouldn't want to be without any of the experiences that I've had since then. Wow. So we're going to hear a little bit of these adventurous tales of David Messina. Okay. Uh, Well, we're going to take a break first. Uh, You're listening to Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We're going to be right back. Trump administration rolls back the Health and Human Services contraceptive mandate. U.S. bishops calling for the total elimination of nuclear weapons. Pope Francis offers prayers for the victims of the California wildfires. The U.S. House of Representatives has passed a bill banning abortions after 20 weeks. And Pope Francis says the death penalty is contrary to the gospel. Your link to news headlines Catholics count on at the top of the hour. Weekdays on EWTN Radio. EWTN, communicating the faith. 
I feel like God has been really doing a work in me in the last five, ten years. I'm a convert to Catholicism, and I started to just really feel a passion to know more about the Catholic faith, and I started listening to Catholic radio all day. I'm not doing great things, but I'm doing small things with great love. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Hello and welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch into lives of extraordinary mission. My name is Dan Dimitri and I'm joined here with my brother in Christ, Patrick Rice. I'm so excited for this, Dan. Oh yeah, we are listening to the uh, extraordinary life and testimony of David Messina and he's just sharing about how the Lord captured your heart. And now we want to just, can you share about the mission that the Lord has called you on? You know, like Our Lady, she saw the needs around her. She said, they have no wine. And then she just like brought that need to Christ and said, do whatever he tells you. So like, how did the Lord start calling you to this point where you were just like, okay, I'm starting to see the needs around me more clearly. And now I'm going to bring these needs to to the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit just to to make signs and wonders happen. Yeah. So, uh I think like it began when I ended up coming to Catholic Youth Summer Camp uh, a couple years back uh, as a friar. So I was with the Franciscans of the Immaculate for a number of years, for six years. And um, I just remember, I think my first encounter uh, at that camp, it just started a hunger and thirst for the Holy Spirit uh, more and more in my life. And I just felt... Be, I felt myself just getting drawn more and more to the Holy Spirit um, to the point where actually I ended up getting permission to make like a nine day uh, silent retreat in like a hermitage, like in preparation for Pentecost. Oh, wow. And um, I remember like one of the questions I was asking, like, what are like the gifts? Like, what are the charisms that I can flow in? And I just remember like writing in my journal healing and then a question mark. And I remember like Mark sixteen seventeen, like continually coming up in my prayer and just in my meditation. And that's like the, the line, um, uh, these signs will accompany those who believe they will, uh, you know, dot, 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 they'll lay their hands upon the sick and they'll recover. And, uh, I was just like, I, I, I felt myself being more and more prompted to really believe that that is just supposed to be a normal experience for all Can Christians. Can you do that scripture again? I don't know if our listeners caught it. All right. So, yeah, Mark sixteen seventeen. Maybe I should just pull it out to make sure I say it right. Um, dun, dun, dun. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. And then dot, dot, dot. And they will lay their hands upon the sick and they will recover. So, yeah, I just, I felt myself being drawn more and more. And then it ended up uh, really um, just like I have I have this real big breakthrough when I came to camp the next year. And uh, I was with Patrick and uh, he invited myself and, and another one of the brothers that I was with to go over to this uh, man's house to pray uh, for him and over him. He had been experiencing like excruciating, like neck pain. Um, and it was just, he, yeah, he was, he was in a lot of pain. Um, and it was going on for a, a good amount of time. Like how, how long was 
there is an in, there is an injury. Yeah, that, uh, he was going to have to go to have spine surgery. Yeah, and I don't know if we have any doctors in the sh- uh, that are listening, but that's not a that's a pretty risky procedure, mm. and there is a chance that. It could help him, but it could also actually make things worse. Yeah. So the family had contacted Encounter Ministries to have a team go out and pray for him. That's something we'll do on occasion. And yeah. What, that's when we met. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, I was just that was really really awesome because we we prayed for him for a good amount of time that night, and um, and I just saw how Patrick was really just being led by the Spirit in the prayer, and we did a lot of he like was prompted to do a number of also prophetic actions in the prayer um, to just get him to do different things while we were praying. And yeah, he, it was like a gradual kind of thing that we, we saw a little progress, like as we would check back with him. And then by the end of the night, he was just completely healed. Wow. And it Thank was Jesus. Yeah. yeah no, no surgery had to happen. The family was restored. Praise you. Oh, my goodness. So that was that just pumped me up so much because I'm like, yes, like this is real. And uh, and I think I can flow in this. And so I remember I got uh, in the fall, I got sent to Rome uh, to study over at the Angelicum with with uh, my community. And um, it's Rome is awesome because there's like a gajillion people everywhere. And um I remember just like uh first time I, I just like saw this uh this man with a with a cane over by the subway and I, I just walked up to him and I'm like, Oh, you know, like what happened? And he's like, Oh, I had like a soccer injury a while ago and I hadn't really like seen like personally like any healings like on my part. So I was just like well, hey, um, I got like a, a bunch of friends from Ohio and they see like healings and miracles all the time. Can I pray for you? <laughs> and, uh, so that's like how it started. But the guy like is like, Oh my goodness, like the pain's gone. And I was like, yes, it's real. And he's like, and, and Jesus is doing it through me too now. And, um, and it, I just, it, it just kind of like grew and grew from there. Um, one of the uh, most like delightful experiences that I've had um, over in Rome would be um, praying for the Muslims from Bangladesh who like wow. sell like the selfie sticks and the umbrellas and the water to all the tourists because they're like all friends. And I remember going to Piazza Venezia after class one day and I, I was with a friend and we're just like, okay, we're just going to pray for people. And um, like... You know, like the first person we were able to pray for was one of these uh, guys who were selling the selfie sticks, and um, like he was, he was, he was healed. I think of like back pain, and then like immediately he's like, "Hey guys, like my back is all better." And then he just like <laughs> called all of his friends. So we were there. I think I prayed for like every single selfie stick seller <laughs> in piazza venezia how did you that do that day. were you praying in the name of jesus or yeah so that's that that was also really special because um you know like they're these these guys were muslims but like i would pray because that's 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 how i have been seeing healing like i would i would just say like back in the name of jesus be healed like um uh like 
leg in Jesus's name be healed. And then afterwards, as we're like talking and celebrating, I, I would also just like very gently just like remind them like, like it was in Jesus's name that you were healed. Like he loves you so much. Like he's, he's such a good God. And, um, wow. yeah. And, and, you know, I, I wouldn't get like, uh, like apologetical with them. Renounce or, your faith. Yeah. <laughs> Get, but, let's go in, we're going to go in the fountain now. <laughs> but I, I mean, um, they, they would be rejoicing in, in the fact that Jesus healed them as well. And, um, what's, what's cool about them is like they would like really come with just like a really beautiful, like simple, uh, faith or like just like simplicity. And, um, and it was like oftentimes, when like through their enthusiasm, then the, like other tourists who are in the area who are like a lot harder to approach just because like everyone's trying to sell them things or uh, yeah, ask them for things. Uh, they would be like coming up on their own accord. And I, yeah, I remember like this like tourist from China just coming up and he's like, he saw the other guys get healed. And he's like, can you like pray for for my head, I just had like I've been having like this like terrible like migraine for like the last like two years, and yeah, I think God just like completely like healed him of that, and um, <laughs> it's just yeah. It, so it was, he was from China. Was he a Christian? Uh, actually, I didn't. I you know what I, I I do like that's like my fault. Like I I sometimes like I don't go deep enough with like and just like to yeah them. and talking with them it's yeah it depends on the circumstances but i don't i don't actually remember <laughs> that's um, crazy but you're yeah. just still freaked out that people actually get healed aren't you <laughs> yeah you know what I, this i don't think this should ever get old and we should always like i always just try to like always just see every healing as just like the first healing that i've seen and just like god you are so amazing and i'm also just so blown away at how uh how I've like been activated in this has also just like changed and like revolutionized like my prayer life because, you know, now I'm in- interacting with a father who like I like know definitely has heard me, you know, and um, it's and also just like seeing God's love poured out on other people. I think it's just like opened up my heart more and more to just hunger for his love, hunger for his face and, and for intimacy with him. And yeah, I mean, just, it's, it's incredible. Like the, the kind of power that the Holy Spirit can bring because I mean, you know, I had like my like initial conversion like 12 years ago and I was all set on fire to want to bring people to a powerful encounter with Christ. And it's only like within the last year that I've like, wait a second, like, it's Holy Spirit that, like, can bring about a life-changing encounter in the, a person's life in, like, a two-minute interaction. And I've seen, like, I remember, like, being on the subway, and um, I, I struck out this conversation with, with like, this this guy, this dude that looked pretty rough, like, um, uh, but we were just talking, and, um, like, as the conversation was winding to an end, um, I was like, oh, you know, like, I always just, like, love to pray for people. Is there anything that, like, I can pray for you for, especially, like, for physical healing? And he's like, no, no, no. I'm I'm actually, I'm an atheist. I'm an atheist. I don't believe I don't in God. Qualify. Yeah. And I was like, 
you know that doesn't matter and and like he like he was getting he was like off the subway and he was on the platform and he's like but yeah like my knee hurts and then i was just like <laughs> okay and i like jumped off the subway as like the doors were closing and I'm like okay we gotta pray was it your stop uh no it wasn't that's yeah <laughs> that's awesome. it was a very frequent thing i would just take a lot longer to get home um, every day where am i <laughs> yeah so uh yeah and then we were just able to like pray on the subway platform and i remember like yeah god just like brought like heat and like total healing to his knee and i remember this this encounter so distinctly because like i i felt like i just like saw the shift that like happened in Mm. him and i just saw that shift from unbelief to belief and like immediately like i saw that door open and i was just able to pour truth and just like how much god loves him how much he's like just like watched him for his whole life and delighted in him and and I just saw how that experience of healing was not only able to open the door to faith, but it was also able to just, like, open them up to, like, receive all that truth. And, it, yeah, that's just, like, what makes me come so alive, just how how powerfully the Holy Spirit can work uh, just through his signs, through his wonders, and how, how also just it really broke my paradigm because I really, like, thought that only, like, you know, Padre Pio's and St. Anthony of Padua's like saw healing and miracles like that and really that's that's like no i mean it's just every ordinary like sincere believer uh god wants to flow through them uh, into that. Yeah. yeah, it says, you know, the, you quoted Mark where it says these signs will accompany those who believe, right? It doesn't yeah. say these signs will accompany just the, the saints that are canonized, right? Yeah. Like, this, you have to be dead to be a saint. So, like, yeah. uh, so uh, before Padre Pio was Padre Pio or Saint Padre Pio, right? He was... He was a Christian uh, believer, and mm-hmm. these signs will accompany those who believe. And, and you laid hands on them, and they were healed. So was it easy for you, David, to lay hands? Like, the first couple times you started doing it, um, how did you overcome the fear, or maybe was there any doubt? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, there. yeah, there's definitely, like, fear and, um, yeah, fear of, like, just not seeing anything. Mm-hmm. Um a whole bunch of different things also like you know i i was a friar with with the community that kind of had like a reputation for not really doing these kinds of things so i was like oh man like what are people going to be saying around the community <laughs> and like mm. um but i think just uh the hunger for seeing uh god manifest his love uh uh, overcame those fears. And also, I think what's really helped me a lot is just uh, going deeper and deeper in my identity as a beloved son of the Father. Because, um, like, no matter what, that, like, that protects me. When when people do not, like, just, like, won't have any of it and, like, you know, give you the cold shoulder, I'm just able to be like, all right, Dad, that was for you anyways. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, like that, it doesn't it doesn't matter because I have my affirmation from him. And then also, you know, when, when you do see, like, really awesome things, it's like, it's still like, no, I mean, seeking your face is the most important thing. And that's what really satisfies me. And just, um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's amazing. So, David, I have a question. Like, yeah. uh, you know, we have a listener that's listening, and they're maybe their paradigm is being shifted right now, mm. and it just seems More. crazy that 
Um, number one, I don't know if there's doubt that like, did is David telling the truth? Like, did these people actually get healed? And mm. one of the things I love is that miracles, healings, signs, wonders, the things that Jesus did, they actually force, they make Jesus so real that it forces you to make a decision. Mm. That I love apologetics, that famous trilemma. Jesus claimed to be God. He's either uh telling that he's either a uh, liar. liar, he's either crazy, or he's telling the truth. But when we see a miracle uh, and someone's testifying to like, oh my gosh, my head's healed or my, my leg's healed, my neck's healed, we have to make the same decision. They're either lying about being healed, mm-hmm. they're crazy about being healed, or Jesus Christ really healed them. Amen. It makes it it makes that trilemma incarnate and present right there. Yeah. And so I pray that if you're listening, that there's a hunger that's being stirred up. But I know there's blocks of fear, David. Mm-hmm. Okay, what, what, what blocks of fear did you have to go for to praying for physical healing like this? Yeah, so I, I think the, the, the big block was um, just fear of rejection, right? Fear that like they, they just wouldn't respond well. They wouldn't want uh, to receive prayer. And mm-hmm. they just, yeah, yeah. They just wouldn't, wouldn't want to have it. But then I think the other one, right? So there's like human respect, I mm-hmm. think, right? And just like caring about the opinions of others. Um, but then also, and I, I realized that this block was there because I think a lot of the times when I first started praying, I wouldn't ask people to try it out or check it out. And I really think that's a very beautiful uh, thing to do because it's a, it's almost a litmus test for your faith because like sure like I could be I could feel really good about myself if I like okay I stepped out engaged someone in conversation prayed for them and been like all right have a good day but like never ask them like did you actually like experience healing um, and then so I remember having a fear of asking people um, what's going on try it out because then I knew that they could always say um, it's the same. It's exactly the same. You know, nothing's what, different. What, what would you, what, what would you do if people like weren't healed? Yeah. So uh, I think like uh, early on it was like, oh, okay. Like um, God loves you, you know, but as like, as, as time went on, I, I realized that like, you know, sometimes you need to just like pray multiple times. And I've seen so many awesome healings. Like, you know, first time I pray, nothing happens. And then pray again and then break through. And then, uh, so yeah, second, third, uh, yeah, it's, um, it, it's really cool because it's a, it's a little bit of a test when you when you do have to like go back and pray for it again. But um, there's just so much fruit in in persevering because some I feel like sometimes it's like a wall and yeah. like you know sometimes like prayer can just like break that wall down in, in one hit. But sometimes it's you have to you have to go after and it also, more. I think it's important when you pray for healing um, not to be presumptive and like make promises like. Hey, can I uh, can I pray for you? Because you will get healed. You know, mm-hmm. when we when we make promises or get presumptive before we pray for healing, that, I think that's when problems can happen. Yeah, sure. But what's a way, David, that you could um, you could propose to pray for someone without being presumptive? Yeah, I mean, I I've I've said like various things at like various times, right? So mm-hmm. lately, I've just been saying like, Hey, you know, I go to a church that prays for healing. Can I pray for you? Um, or just like. You know, I, we've I, I've been seeing God do amazing things through through prayer, and and um, 
you know, I've seen people be healed. So can I just, can we just give it a shot? You know? <laughs> and I think if, if there's like a little bit of like, Oh, I don't know. Then like, you, yeah. I mean, you can always just say like, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's, it's always a win-win. And, and also what I've experienced is just how, um, how, how people always just feel loved no matter what. Um, and it, it's always just like a really beautiful, uh, experience. And sometimes God, uh, I've seen it where like he doesn't bring about physical healing, but like person gets like slain in the spirit and just gets like wrong. Does that mean by the God. Holy Spirit brings a sword from heaven and chops him half? <laughs> what? I don't know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, um, I, I think it's just like an experience where someone just gets so overwhelmed by yeah. the presence and the love of God that, um, he just kind of lays them out and, and lets them just receive and rest in his love. So, um, yeah. So yeah. Good. And yeah, if I could just say one, one more thing, uh, it's just that like all, like this experience, it's just been like the most incredible like adventure. Uh, and I just like, I couldn't, I couldn't write, you know, like a better adventure that God could have me on. And what's like, if there's like one message, it's just that, God wants to do the same thing and even greater things in every single person that listens to this. Like, yeah, whether it is freedom from addictions or whether it, and, and particularly like, I mean that, but also just like the power evangelism, the, the healings, the signs, the wonders and the miracles. Like he just wants to use everyone who's willing to let him use them to to flow, let his love just uh, flow upon his people and heal and touch them. Um, and if, if, if you want to learn more about power evangelization, supernatural ministry, these elements of our faith, which are our heritage, read the book of Acts. And also, if you want to get training and, and learn more, you can go to, we have a school of ministry. It's www.encounterschool.org that Dan and I and now David are a part of. But we're going to close with prayer. Dan, will you lead us? Yeah, just uh, before we close in prayer, I just want to bring us back to Our Lady at Cana. This, like, David, you've just given a great example of what we're called to do, right? That Our Lady just trusted in Jesus, and she received the the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit, and then that brought Christ into the world uh, in a very incarnate way. And, and then Our Lady saw the needs, and she brought them to Jesus at the wedding feast of Cana, and and then Jesus, they just do whatever he tells you. And I, if you have a fear of doing what Jesus is telling you to do, uh, I just pray that Jesus would free you from those fears. So, uh, Lord, we just come to you right now. We ask that all fears uh, would be gone in the name of Jesus. All fear of evangelization, all fear of praying over people, praying for people would be gone in the name of Jesus, that you would bring freedom, Lord. I pray that we would be more bold in our discipleship, more bold in our evangelization. Just uh, open doors, open our eyes so that we see people day to day in the store, in the marketplace, out in the street, and we just ask them, can I pray for you? Come Holy Spirit. Make us evangelists, Lord, spirit-filled evangelizers who are without fear. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on Encounter. If you want to learn more about our show uh, or share your life-changing encounter with Jesus with our audience, please visit EncounterRadio.org. That's EncounterRadio.org. This has been a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Thank you so much, David, for joining us today. And uh, we'll see you here next week.